Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. And welcome back, hockey fans, to another episode of MNCW. I'm your host, Nick Maxson. College hockey getting ramped up here in the middle part of November. So a lot of the non-conference schedules winding down. And more importantly, the conference schedules really taking shape. And that's why we have both Drew Cove as well as Nate Wells back to talk all things, not only the Golden Gophers, but Big Ten as well. Gentlemen, welcome back. Um, I do want to start off by saying, uh, Drew, you suck. Um, yes. Uh, for those who don't know, Drew is in uh, it's basically sunny Florida right now, um, enjoying. Uh, what was the comment, Drew, that you made that it's it's warm enough that what? Yeah, it's a little it's a little too warm for my little my lungs and my little quarters up here. But uh, other other than that, it's pretty comfortable. So unreal, unreal. <laughs> so um, was does that mean that goal that golfers are heating up? Was that the implication? Uh, it could because, uh, I mean, after a few, a few weekends of a little bit more questioned, uh, questioned play, I think, uh, yeah, we saw, we saw definitely, uh, a qualified opponent in Michigan and, uh, they, they definitely looked, um, they showed glimpses of what they, they probably need to be going forward, especially with, uh, um, just being able to win outright, but also I think the comeback on Friday. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. But I think uh, seeing some good good play out of the Gophers was uh, was was good to see for everybody this weekend. So let's let's bring in Nate. Uh, Nate, so a Friday win and then a Saturday tie, and the big question is: Is this good? Is it sort of disappointing? What were your overall thoughts on the weekend so far? Well, first off, I don't know how I ended up being the one who has like the coldest weather out of the three of us being in New York City. So, like, how did that end up happening? Like, what's Global going on? Warming, Nate. That's why. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> as, as far as the Gophers go, kind of entering this weekend, we figured it was a perfect kind of opportunity to see where Minnesota was. If this was a book or a TV show, Michigan is that like character that has a contrast to where Minnesota is. They're very similar. They're kind of having those similar struggles uh, and being set up. And I thought the Gophers passed. There's still work to be done. It's not um, they, coming back from a 3-1 deficit to win on Friday, coming back with a late goal on Saturday to tie and take four points on the weekend. They lost the shootout. But doing that on the road at Yost against a tough Michigan team, is is it, it, it's it's a good it, it's it's a positive test it's a positive step forward for the gophers and there's a lot there's a lot to work on but there's a lot to take away for positive too for minnesota if you're uh, bob bosco so Nate, i want to follow up with you on that because uh over the past couple of weekends the gophers have had to claw their way back now granted one way to look at that would be uh good the, the gophers are showing some would say resilience but then again, they've also had to come back, right? They haven't been the team that's played in front like we saw so much of them last year where they've really took hold of games and, you know, got out to a lead and then were able to sort of ride it out. So I guess what's your thoughts on that side of the way the Gophers have been playing? Good thing that they're showing resiliency or maybe not so good that they're having to claw their way back? 
I think it's good that they're showing resilience, especially against their schedule. Their schedule has been, they've been playing a who's who of college hockey at the moment. And it just, it doesn't gotten easier. So it, the Minnesota hasn't really had other than if you want to count Wisconsin, the, the Thursday Wisconsin game where they scored 15 seconds in and then gave up a goal and everything went awry like a minute later. If you want to count that, other than that, Minnesota, when Minnesota is ahead and is in control, they're in control. It's been how the Gophers are. But playing these tough opponents and getting that opportunity to come ahead and come play, be, be behind, come from behind, and be able to pull ahead is something that Minnesota and just top teams are able to do. You're able to find ways to win. You're able to do it against a team like Michigan. You're able to take points when maybe you're not having your best effort and finding um, an effort, finding, finding some guys who may not be your top players or players that you're going to rely on to come through when needed. So speaking of which, um, Drew, I want to get your thoughts on this because coming into this weekend, you talk about players to watch. Um, there was one player in particular that we had circled, and that was the goaltender, Justin Close. Um, and more so, um, could he be the guy that could maybe not necessarily steal you a game, but certainly play to what we know he's capable of against a very offensively skilled Michigan squad? Um, let's add to the fact that not only this weekend did the Gophers win and get a tie, uh, but they only gave up five goals over two games to a Michigan squad that can score it well. So how would you uh, assess the weekend that Justin Close had against Michigan? I mean, I think Saturday, seeing some of the saves that he made early in the game, um, in the first period, that kept him in it. And obviously, when he gave up a few, they were like on third or fourth rebound chances. But like seeing how he kept them in that game, I mean, they, they wouldn't, I don't think they would have gotten the points and the series victory, heavy quotes, just four out of six points. But it's it, he he kept them in the game. He stole a point for them. I I certainly think so. Um, and obviously, I think both goalies were had had their chances on on Friday. But um, I think Close was definitely the better um, on on Saturday. And and I think this very very easily could have been a split if the Gophers uh, let up and if Close specifically let up early on Saturday. But um, he kept them in it long enough for uh, for. Uh, for Jimmy Snuggerud to not look like himself in scoring that uh, game tying goal on Saturday. <laughs> Nate, your thoughts on Justin Close and, and maybe from a more macro perspective, defense as a whole, which I still feel like the players in front of Close are still figuring it out a little bit, but it's good to see that as uh, Drew had mentioned that when he's needed to come up and maybe bail out his guys, he seems to be doing that early so far this season. Yeah, he has that uh, ability to bail out, take that extra, take that extra opportunity when maybe earlier in his career it would have been a goal. It would have been Michigan would be able to put up five six on Minnesota on that Saturday. And honestly, one of the big takeaways from this weekend with Michigan is that the Wolverines have really struggled to punt games away. They have a lot of talent and. We have struggled just consistently to find a way to pull out games. They've blown a lot of third period leads. They've had a lot of games where it just it looks like they're able to score at will and just things turn around. So between that and Minnesota just making it where the Wolverines didn't have maybe outside of one period the entire weekend where the Wolverines look like they can score at will, can create offense, 
and go ahead. I don't believe anyone else has really done that against Michigan this season. Um, that's been a positive for it. As far as the defense goes with the Gophers, I think Kevin, another week for Mike Kester under his belt. He certainly saw him shake off the rust, having players kind of in a better position and not having to overextend and kind of play beyond their means is certainly helping as well. Um, having that, having close in the back, just being able to pick up the slack when needed has been big for Minnesota and just it's building on week to week. And it's going to be really important as they go face an Notre Dame team next week, that defense is the lifeblood of that program. We're definitely going to touch Notre Dame a little bit later in the broadcast, but um, I want to go back to another area of ice in particular, Drew, and I want to start with you on this is when you, when you talk about putting a team away, you know, a lot of the times we think either having a lead or shall I say more even strength type hockey, right? But I think in reality, when we look at this weekend, one thing we learned is special teams were actually part of a big difference maker more. So I, I think the, the Minnesota PK against the Michigan power play, um, yeah, about that. Drew, your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, Michigan is very creative. I'd like to give, uh, not trying to cover for the PK of the Gophers, but I do think with uh, Kester coming back, being one of the more solid defensive guys on the team out of the out of those six, seven guys on the back end, um, I do think that uh, Michigan is extremely creative. I think just like the way the Gophers aim to be at times, and sometimes obviously we've seen it at, get a little stale at, at various points, but um, I do think that Michigan's creativity and ability to hold on to the puck and even like seeing just clips, bits and clips this weekend of almost clears by the Gophers. And then just all of a sudden it kind of some bounces back to the, the Michigan players and they kind of just tic-tac-toe it right back. And then, I mean, close has no shot. Um, the defenders kind of being in position, that's, it, it's, it's difficult. And I, I don't, I I find it hard pressed to expect the def, the the PK to be much better than they were against that that talented of an offense. Just like just like Nate was saying, that they're just loaded with talent up front, and it's it's difficult to expect uh, a whole lot out of that. That being said, they do have to be better the whole rest of the season, and it's probably good, like we said a few weeks ago when they lost to to Wisconsin the way they did. But understanding against all right, this is probably one of the better power plays that they'll run into all year, even through like the playoffs or whatnot. And I think overall they're going to say, well, we can look back and see what we did wrong here and what we are not necessarily what we did wrong, but just where positionally we were and how better to set ourselves up for success later. That'll come in handy. I think coming down the line, um, especially when they have to play Michigan again, last, last regular season weekend of the year. And who knows, probably um, maybe even, even more after that. So um We'll, we'll see, but I think I think they definitely have room to grow, and uh, I think it's not trying to say it's early, but I think it's good that it happened against probably the best of the best right now um, rather than – I mean, they don't get to choose the schedule, but if this happened to Michigan in January, they'd be like, whoa, we got a lot of work to do. This is, this is very worrisome, but um, glad, good it happened now for them. Um, obviously, they want to be better than that, but I think with – all the changes in the defense that we've seen all like, and just talking about it all year, I think it's to be expected still some more of those growing pains. And, and Nate, when we go back to the gopher power play, um, 36th in the nation coming into this weekend, um, 
the word contrast probably doesn't accurately describe, you know, when you when you're looking to compare the two. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you look at what the Gophers could learn on the PK side of things, what some of the things that maybe you noticed that they could learn on the PP side of things, because as we talk about the Gophers can close out games, but sometimes special teams can break a tie. They can get you back into it. They can get you that all-important insurance goal. So it's not that it's necessarily a glaring problem, but it's something they definitely need to work on because as we get into further and further along in the schedule and definitely into the postseason, that can play big dividends in terms of your fate as you go into those one-off hockey games. It's one of the takeaways from this weekend and really just the past three to four weeks that Minnesota is still figuring out what – what units work, where people can sit. Um, I mean, going against Michigan, Michigan has about a 40, has been converting to about a 40% rate. They're tops in the nation for a reason. Um, when they are on, they are on. It's honestly what makes, honestly, it's what makes watching them just kind of frustrating because you know how well they can play and just, they don't have that consistency. And comparing that to Minnesota where Minnesota has that skill, you're waiting to see it pop up a little bit more, finding a way to break through on the power play, um, be able to shut down teams in the penalty kill, take less penalties. I thought Saturday was a step in the right direction for being a little bit more disciplined. Minnesota has been a little bit more undisciplined than normal. Um, Bob Mosco really prides himself on not taking too many penalties. Last couple of seasons, the Gophers have done a great job. Uh, staying out of the box and just, I mean, against some talented teams, they've spent a lot more time in the box than they want to. And a lot of penalties that you don't expect a, a gopher team to take um, that, of the last few years. So I guess just staying out of the box on that end is going to help and finding a little bit of, finding a little bit more chemistry, figuring out what works, getting people moving. Again, Mike Kester being back is going to help a little bit on the, more on the power play, having him there. Um, it looked, it looked better against Michigan than they've had. Um, and they were finally, they were rewarded on a Saturday too, which helped a ton. Although in the spirit of our special teams talk, it was the score a power play goal. They go take a penalty and then give up a power play goal in the final closing, uh, seconds of one, but, but, but yeah, for the weekend, it was kind of, they took a lot of penalties, they shut it down a little bit more, but still they couldn't take advantage of the power play. And if they can do that, if they can do that, I mean, right now they're 36 in the nation. If you can just move that up there, that's an extra, you get an extra goal or so a game against these teams. It's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. Nate, I want to stay with you on this next point, because as much as we talk about the struggles in the power play and uh, the PK having struggles against, again, one of the more creative and just insanely fun to watch Michigan power plays um, at five on five, if the power play isn't clicking, they've had two guys and ironically and good for us, they're they're. First names are, are the same, which helps us out. Jimmy Clark and as well as Jimmy Snuggerud have been two guys that have stepped up in key moments. Um, let's talk about Jimmy Clark first. Um, for, for a young kid, uh, it doesn't seem like the spotlight's bothering him. And then uh, Snuggerud, it, it seems like we, we saw this early, but now we've seen this a little bit more consistently. He doesn't seem to have an issue of being the guy. And again, that was sort of the big storyline going into this season who was going to be the one that could take over a hockey game with the departure of Logan Cooley. I think we have our answer, but what have you noticed from the two Jimmies so far, Hurley, about uh, six weeks into the season? 
Yeah, it's it's really nice to see Jimmy Clark week to week just continue to find some confidence, find some growth. Growth. I mean, he's a guy who was not even supposed to be on this team. He's kind of taking that Jay Barable role that uh, uh, for those who are way younger, like Drew, um, Jay Barable uh, went on. To, he was not supposed to be on the Gophers in 2006, 2007, and only was on there because Phil Kessel left for the Bruins and about August. So Jimmy Clark's kind of doing that same thing with Logan Cooley leaving for the Coyotes. And it'd be great to have had Jimmy Clark spend a year in the USHL, continue to grow. I kind of had that same thought with uh, Brody Lamb playing, who's also another guy who is really stepping up this year, just thinking of uh, how he has that extra ability. Just would be nice to have him spend that extra time in developing juniors and not have to rush. But sometimes you don't get those. So as far as as far as Jimmy Clark, I just I'm really enjoying seeing him continue just to kind of find some confidence and just if you see it on the ice week to week and having those two goals, one coming in the final second on Friday, and beating being a little bit of the way the guy there, it's been nice to uh, Minnesota's going to need to have those secondary scoring versus guy versus the guys who can want to step up um, and you're happy like your lamb, your Jimmy Snuggerud who did that on Saturday, got that game tying goal when Minnesota was searching for one, doing everything it could do to get it. And you do feel confident. I don't know, Drew, for you, do you feel confident that Jimmy Snuggerud is that guy and can be that guy? I do because you look at his goal on Saturday and you say, wait, Jimmy Snuggerud scored that goal like deep, like right in on the crease. It was like four whacks at it. And it's like, we've spent a year and a half, not a year and a half yet, but I feel like we've, we've just seen him like, all right, his shot is what makes him the game breaker. It's like, he's, he's the guy because his shot can just change things quickly. But, but like, I think from being the guy and being a leader on that team, even though uh, he's obviously not a captain, but being a guy that says, you know what, my game is my shot and my speed and my creative ability. But, I'm still going to be the guy being the guy right in front of the net. I'm still going to, I'm still going to make sure that the game is goes the way I want it to, because I can doing it that way. And that, that to me is like the ultimate sign of a guy who's ready to be and, and acting as that guy already. And uh, it's, it's even more important just going into the rest of the season to say, wow, our guy who has a great shot is also willing to get, to go into those areas where you get absolutely mugged all the time. Cause like you think playing against Notre Dame, that's going to be like, not that that was easy for him, but I think he's going to get pushed around a lot more in that area against Notre Dame. Cause there are going to be a lot of, a lot of older guys kind of fighting for that space. But um, I think it, it, it shows wonders. And I think not only was that goal important for saving a point on the weekend for the Gophers, but that to me just showed so much, like leadership from talent wise, top down saying, wow. All right. Our most talented guy, our most talented scorer, he's going to put in this work. I got to, like, I mean, the Brody lambs, the Connor Kurtz, all these other guys that certainly are very talented and very, and have a lot of skill and have made a lot of impact so far this year. But that shows to those guys. It's like, all right, I, this guy, if this guy's not gonna, not gonna just fit into his role, um, to and, and do what it takes to, to win the game. I got to, too. So um, I think obviously an important goal, but I think just seeing the way it happened, uh, it shows me he's ready. I'm going to add to that, guys, just a little bit, just because I think if you're looking for 
that X factor, right? In terms of a leadership role, in terms of a guy that's got the talent. Um, we saw, we see this often in the NCAA tournament, right? Where maybe those chances in the rush or that one player, they're just taken out, right? They just, they don't have those abilities. And sometimes when we talk about in the broadcast world, simplifying a hockey game, going to the dirty areas, right? It's a very broad and a vague term. But to actually have Snuggerud, who again, can create in his own, who has the foot speed, who has an NHL level shot, if it isn't there, he's finding other ways to be impactful. And I think if there's anything that Golfers fans can take away from what Snuggerud's goal means, and that is if you get to the postseason, which I think all of us here in the room would say the Golfers have a good chance to make the NCAA tournament, if you're not getting the looks that you want or you're used to, it's good to see that he's adjusting and he's just giving, he's taking what he's been given. So I think that's huge in that role. Um, speaking of being huge, right? Um, let's preface it this way. Drew, you're down in Florida. Nate, over on the East Coast. Again, myself back here in the Twin Cities. Um, one of the issues that has come up with not just hockey in general, but now more college hockey, right? Is uh, Drew, and I know that this is sort of a, a passionate take, so I'm going I'm to tee up on this one, is Michigan, Minnesota has always been a must-see, watch college hockey rivalry, right? And for whatever reason this weekend, it was only on the stream. I know you have thoughts on that, um, but I want to kind of give you the floor and talk about why you feel the way that you feel and why it should not just be on the stream. Yeah, I mean... Minnesota, Michigan, for the Big Ten, for hockey-wise, and I get like hockey isn't necessarily the conference's priority. It never has been. Um, it's obviously more important than it has been in re in in the early years of the conference when uh, it seemed like it was uh, no more important than a, than a club sport at the university at a university. But um, I think in the last like two, three, two, three, four years. Minnesota and Michigan have been the class of the conference. They've been the two very best teams by not a close margin, and they have provided exciting games um, regardless. I think if you want ratings on your network on a Friday and Saturday night, you don't put the marquee matchup for your conference that happens only twice a year on a stream, but like on the just the, pl the, the plus option uh, for both games. I, I just, I do not understand that. And I get it probably is like, all right, let's get our potentially like our two biggest fan bases to, to really emphasize to like, I'm sure it's just like, all right, let's get them to buy the app. Let's get them to finally buy the service. But when, when the Gophers are going to be playing on it three times a year, how can you, how can a lot of fans justify that? I don't, I don't think they can. Cause I, I like, I looked up, I was looking at the pricing. It's, I think it's like seven or $8 a month for just, um, Hockey one sport, yeah, yeah for just and then it was a little bit more or worse for for like per school. It's like per school or by sport basis. And I can see if you're a bigger fan, but like let's be honest, a lot of Gopher fans, a lot of Gopher fans are not Big Ten hockey fans, and I think that's that's kind of a joke, but it's also like realistic. Like I don't expect a lot of Wisconsin hockey fans to want to care about the rest of the conference either. Um, but I get that like they want more people to use their app and maybe put a high profile matchup on there to get more people to buy it. But you got it. It's got to be a little simpler than that for, um, I mean, you can't, don't do both games, maybe do one. Um, but, and <laughs> I just don't do it for Minnesota, Michigan, please. I, I, I don't see the logic in it. I, I get why if it's the case that like, all right, we want people to buy the app. So let's put the popular matchups on there. I get, I get that, but I don't think, the pricing is set up and like 
the plans are set up the way that it, people would buy it and actually use it rather than just say, all right, I'm going to get the free trial for the weekend and then be done with it. So just, it just makes it more complicated for everybody. And I just, I don't understand. I get like, I'm not a TV or conference executive, but I think for just average fans, it's extremely complicated. And we saw it for years that like go for fans, like it's, it was tough to, to, to know when it was on TV or to find out or because um, the Gophers go through like the, the media team has always gone to an extreme, extreme effort to make sure that they can get as many games on TV as possible. And things like this just kind of throw a wrench into those plans um, from the conference level that kind of throw it in and just like it, it, it obviously I think the people at the university probably don't appreciate it. Uh, they probably won't say it, but I don't think they appreciate it from kind of the standpoint that they kind of have to deal with the flack from it all. But, you know, it's, it's, it's above my pay grade. It's annoying. And I think, um, I think the average fan finds it really annoying too to be able to not watch uh, one of the best weekends of the year uh, for their teams um, without having to pay another extra fee on top of the Valley fee that they probably already pay or the works. other TV services that they have when it works. Um, and it's, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of it's a, the, all this media disruption right now is uh, it's uh, it's not good for college hockey. Let's be honest. So it's I, I think nobody nobody can say that what's happening with sports and local local sports broadcast right now is 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 good for good for college hockey specifically because it kind of it leaves it hanging and just kind of like we saw with the Bally transition to to Fox Nine, the Gophers said to jump quick to Fox Nine to to get. Um, I mean, a majority of the games broadcast. Other than that, I mean, that looking through the schedule, I see Fox Nine, Fox Nine Plus, bam, it's all the way down the line, and uh, it's uh, it's just frustrating, you know. It's uh, it's difficult because I don't have an answer. I don't think anybody has a, a, a real good answer, and uh, it's just we're we're gonna have to live with it. That's the only thing. That's the problem. That's why I don't like feeling so bad about it. Cause it's like, ugh, there's nothing we can do either way. It's it's just gonna happen, and maybe maybe somewhere down the line, it's just gonna be a majority. BTN plus games, but I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for a little bit. <laughs> there is no easy answer, right? I mean, there really isn't because uh, in an ideal world, right? Um, you know, you have, shall we say a local station, like a Fox nine plus pick it up and then maybe you simulcast it on BTN plus. It's just taking the feed. Uh, but again, with the sports media landscape transitioning, really right in front of our eyes there isn't a perfect answer right uh i know bally had hopes that their uh that their streaming platform would es essentially erase some of the required debt that they had from the fox sports acquisition in fact it's done the exact opposite almost um and really where it hurts is you know shall we and i hate to say this but in our niche sports like we are with college hockey right um of course big 10 network is probably going to take you know, the college football on their programming because of the viewership, right? I mean, I think we all can agree with that, but it's how do you present a program to the very passionate hockey fan base that is with Michigan, with Minnesota. And I think the Big Ten as a whole, Wisconsin now being relevant again, um, I think you're going to see more of those folks tuning in. But the equation is it's it's almost like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube that's fighting back. And, you know, it's like you can kind of see or you can twist the dial one way or another. And you feel like you're getting closer, but then you flip with a Rubik's Cube and it just looks that much more confusing. There isn't an easy answer here. Yeah, and it's disappointing because the the like say the, the the Rubik's Cube player has gotten better. The the product is never I don't I don't the Big Ten hockey product has never been better. Correct. And I don't yeah. think that's that's not that's not like an art like 
I don't think that's arguable because no. it's they have so many good teams right now, and it should be really exciting to watch. And not I'm I, I hate to sometimes bring the grow the game into like everything I say about hockey, but um, it's important for the sport to grow to have that exposure. And I think showcasing a good product should be important to getting more. I mean, I'm sure the universities care because if like if these kids can be yeah. at home and their their parents or whatever have an Xfinity streaming service and they can turn tune on the Gophers versus Michigan say, Whoa, that's the coolest sport I've ever seen. And then they're Gopher hockey fans for life. Cause it's the same with like lowering ticket prices at Mariucci, but it, it's, it's different at, at, in, in terms of finding a way to get those audiences. I'm sure the universities are on board that, that they want it is in many, they want as much exposure as possible to get mm-hmm. like, and just to get kids to be fans. And that's, that's the thing. That's how you make them. Play. That's how they do. I mean, that's how they partially determine where they're going to go to school. It's like, I spent my time around the University of Minnesota because a lot of my fan, my my family went there. But I went to hockey games all the time growing up, and that was like that was a pretty big influence of where I wanted to go because I was like, all right, I mean, it's I love watching this 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 sport. And it's awesome. So I just I it's complicated. complicated. It is. It's it's very complicated, and yeah, it's two things that kind of go against each other. One, and this is from the this is from the guy who does not live in Minnesota anymore. Is one. Minnesota, and this is not this beyond go for hockey, but Minnesota hockey are very privileged for the number of games that are on TV, whether it's the Gophers, whether it's St. Cloud, Minnesota State, St. Thomas has deal Fox 9 now. So there's a lot of college hockey that's on. Uh, what Mi- Michigan being on BTN Plus is nothing new. Um, games at Yoast. Uh, they have pretty much, uh, even pre-Bally's, Fox Sports Detroit basically shut down, uh, taking on Michigan games at Yost, Michigan State games at Munn. Uh, the only ones they would show are the ones that were at the Joe or Little Caesars. So it's kind of finding ways, especially early in the season when BTN has football on Saturdays. They're showing volleyball, which gets really good ratings. Men and women's basketball are starting. There's a lot of competition, and it's only going to be more competition um, the next few seasons as the Big Ten expands. So on that end, we are very privileged in Minnesota to have all these games on TV and have to look and be like, hey, there's only a couple games that are on streaming. Um, most places, you're stuck on streaming or it's colleges are buying ad time. They're buying the games on TV and they're bringing in student crews, which also, again, Michigan's on there. What I would love to see, especially if games are going to be more and more in streaming, is to see a bit more professional broadcasts have the BTN has big 10 network has the access to a really good pipeline of top talent. You have Dan Kelly, you have Ben Holden, you have Dave Starman, Paul Capanegri as a uh, analyst. You have people there, Ben Clymer who does a lot of dicks right there <laughs> <laughs> down below, right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, there's a lot. There's a lot of talent, but like a lot of times when you watch college hockey, and like I, I'm in New York City. I get SNY, um, LIU, and Sacred Heart are buying airtime on there right now. And honestly, like for LIU, it literally reminds me of Minnesota high school hockey. That's like how the setup is with it for it. Like, and that's on a regional network where the Mets play um, in the largest media market. That's how college hockey normally is. So it's. On that end, we are very privileged to be having this conversation for having it missing out there. But on the same time, yes, 
college hockey really didn't miss out having Minnesota, Michigan, not on TV, not having a national broadcast, not being on there. Um, it's tough to find. It's tough to find a place for it. I know there's been cases where Minnesota's gone out to Yoast and the media departments on both sides have spent a lot of time to figure out a way to put the games on TV when maybe they're playing during uh, like the women's or men's uh, basketball tournaments and just figuring out how to pull that off. It's tougher now just losing the Fox access um, or the Fox or the Valleys. But at the same time, yeah, college hockey, we lose this this time of year too with a lot of non-conference matchups, but also, yeah, just it did miss out a lot on just not having the Minnesota, Michigan. So if games are going to be a bit more streaming, I would be happy to see uh, the bump up and maybe just because, I mean, go for fans if you're going to see that get a better broadcast, get a better streaming broadcast, um, BTN plus, but otherwise, yeah, it's, I think we're kind of seeing that's where the future is. There's going to be more streaming. There's not going to be less, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's what there's four or five games of streaming this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely fine with that. Like if I'm fine with the move towards streaming, just as long as like you can buy one or two things just to watch all the games. That's cause I know that's what a lot of people are like, Oh man, it's on a different thing. And I got to pay another, bunch yeah. of money for it just for this one time so if they could get like half the games on btn plus and you could watch it regardless if it was on some random region like it, the you could get the midco broadcast or whatever bring it down to to whatever stream you could get and obviously no it's not happening but um do you remember it, that one nice year that minnesota went to north dakota and midco was like did not have like distribution in the twin cities Mm-hmm. And like yes. North Dakota alumni and Minnesota fans both went like nuts about the game not being on the first there. time they were united. First time, yeah. first time they all agreed on something. I think it was the first time they're up in North Dakota because I, I covered that game and everybody, no one else could see it. Yeah, it's and you and you hope too, right? As things transition forward, I think the expansion of the Big Ten. You hope is there a Big Ten two? like an ESPN 8, the Ocho. You just never know, right? Because um, remind you, Bally has Bally Sports and Bally Sports Plus. Um, you kind of hope maybe that emerges. But again, you know, you're talking in significant investment in terms of putting on a game. Um, you know, in the broadcast world, I know there's a lot of money that goes into it. And I know that when you're in a business type setting, you know, you're trying to look at the return on investment. And right now for college hockey, isn't quite there yet. But the good news is, before we get to our final segment, uh, the amount of USA hockey base players that are going to Canadian juniors at a 10 year low. So college hockey is growing. It's becoming more popular. And as you mentioned, the product is at its best. That's been probably ever. So, I mean, and it continues to grow, which I think is the best news for everybody here. Yeah. Not only listening, but also here on the podcast itself. Um, Final topic guys, uh, because we do have to take a look at the upcoming opponent, which is Notre Dame, which, um, what the heck, right? Um, and this is a good thing. Notre Dame um, swept Ohio State. They've been unbeaten in six. Um, somehow Ryan Bischel is like in his 10th or 12th year of eligibility. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, but more so, uh, Drew, let's start with you. Uh, Notre Dame, is this a bit surprising? Um, we know that their brand is defensive hockey, but they've beaten some good teams here in the early part of the conference schedule. Yeah, beating BU uh, earlier uh, last month, which is kind of wild. It seems like a lot of teams that we've like finished a weekend have been like, so-and-so beat BU, this is crazy. And then <laughs> I feel like that's happened just a couple of times already, but more times like than, than, you, than, you, than you'd uh, imagine. Sorry, I'm an incoming fraud alert. Oh, sorry, no, I, I, I hung up. It's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god instant spam instant going to spam message um yep. but yeah and then they go and beat ohio state both times this weekend uh i, I don't know how to judge them in the conference wise just because and nate i'd like your thoughts on this too because you've seen penn state a little bit more um but i'm not sure where to gauge penn state either and they kind of they did the the two tie weekend against penn state and then they beat ohio state which it seems like ohio state's definitely on the down right now um but mm-hmm. yeah i i don't really know what to think but uh they're gonna i think notre dame is gonna be a tough challenge regardless and nate nate what did you, what did you think about at least from seeing the, the penn state side of things to kind of judge notre dame the biggest surprise of that penn state and i saw the sunday game which was pretty much you don't see it too often that uh, a team is able to fight back from behind against notre dame when you're down when you're up when you're up to nothing and with Notre Dame, that's usually that's usually game over. It's tough to get things past. Ryan Bischel is still Ryan Bischel. Uh, you still have two Slaggerts. You still have you have two Janikies. Jake Boltman is feels like he's been there five years, but he's only a junior. Um, so you, yeah, no, no, that's they they got it's the. I think I tweeted this on the Sunday or something along the lines of it's like when you watch Notre Dame hockey, you learn about four family trees just because it's the yeah. they have a lot of yeah. they have a lot of brothers and they have a lot of people where they continue. It's yeah. their continue it going so next you'll tell me nick lieberman's still on the team no he finally he finally graduated that was that was one where that was one where for about for about two years i was like wait you graduated yeah. no 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 nope. <laughs> he played it's with I was like, what, what do you it was it was he was still playing college hockey and he had played high school hockey with casey middlestad so yeah that's not crazy just wild yeah so, yeah it's just one of those things we're like yeah it, it it checks out but also wow man time is just really strange with college hockey how things work out there mm-hmm. um yeah but going watching the iron watching the fighting irish it's this there's this tier of the big 10 where it's penn state Notre dame michigan state where you see the talent you see what they can do they don't have the consistency and they're not on that same level as the minnesota michigan wisconsin tier and I just I don't know where to place Notre Dame in that. I'm kind of figure we'll have a little bit more of an idea this weekend. The, them being unbeaten in six is impressive. That win over BU was very much so. They got killed the next night, but they still can say that they beat BU. So I feel like we're gonna kind of learn a bit, especially it being at Mariucci. Um, about this is kind of for me a week, a little bit more about seeing how Minnesota can react to playing a more defensive style based team, um, especially kind of being able to compare it to how the Wisconsin series went. But then otherwise, I think this is for me as I'm going to look for as far as the Big Ten goes, I'm learning a little bit more about where Notre Dame fits in. I'm still trying to kind of get them in that, that tier. Um, but yeah, because Penn State played both Notre Dame and Michigan State the past two weekends and just watching them both. It was like, they all feel they're very similar. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out where exactly they all fit in, but it's a tough, it's going to be a tough conference. A big, last, last year we had four teams, big 10 teams make the NCAA tournament. They all crushed that first round. Looked like you could have had six. We're all kind of fighting for it. Uh, it's too early to say the P word. So I won't actually say it, but if you look at those trends, it's, starting to shape up again with uh, the Big Ten looking like they can probably get somewhere between three and five bids in again. So it looks like there's certainly not going to be easy weekends, but also you're in pretty good shape thanks to uh, everyone kind of carrying their weight in the non-conference schedule. 
Certainly will be. Uh, again, the Gophers will be tested as they will come up with against a very staunchy defensive team in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll be here to recap it for you all next week between Drew, Nate, and myself. Guys, thank you very much. It's time to switch gears and bring in our friend Max Feech, who's going to talk all things NCHC here next on MNCAA.